goofed because I it wasn't even that I uploaded these out of order I actually like recorded them out of order and I had everything all organized and planned out because you know I've been thinking about doing this for a while and I like to be organized some of the time at least when it counts anyway so that happened but I will fix it and then <laughs> by Christmas Day when the whole thing gets put together it'll be in the right 12 days of Christmas order but anyway that being said we were supposed to talk about ladies dancing and we are gonna talk about it right now and it'll just be in the right order, I guess, later. But anyway, this one was actually kind of like 100% my aesthetic because I love dance and I am a dancer or like I was a dancer. I guess I'm like a lapsed dancer technically. But dance is something that I never tire of talking about or reading about. There was clearly an abundance of things that I could have talked about for this episode, but I kind of wanted to just look back at how far I could go in human history in terms of women and dance, since it is ladies dancing is this first. So it turns out that like the oldest organized female dance troops on record go back to ancient Egypt. And of course you would expect to find something like this in antiquity. So wealthy people, particularly royalty, could and did employ groups of women as entertainers and they were known as the caner. So while they're often said to be analogous to a harem, many scholars believe that this is a complete mischaracterization. So certainly there were concubines at this time as there have pretty much always been throughout history. But the women who were employed to be in the Caner troop did not have explicitly sexual or even intimate relationships with the men that they entertained, even if Century of Historical Record made that assumption. And part of the reason they may have made that assumption was because the word Caner had come from a phrase that meant confined or restrained, so there was perhaps a little bit of sort of linguistic confusion going on there. And also just, you know, centuries of institutionalized misogyny. Anyway, so these women were, by all accounts really, consummate professionals, um, musicians, dancers, and singers primarily, and were meant to, quote, refresh the heart of the men who employed them. Uh, and the texts that describe their presence often makes a point of emphasizing that they did this in a way that was strictly not sexual. So they were professional dancers and musicians and singers, and they were not entertaining via any of their sexual talents. In fact, many troops were also employed basically as like women-driven troops with like a few token male dancers, though like women were running the show, if you will. And by some accounts, they actually were kind of traveling troops, so they would be employed on what I guess you might call a freelance basis. So they wouldn't necessarily be at one palace forever. You know, they might come into town and be employed there through a, you know, a festival or a an event or celebrating um, some specific thing and then they would go on to somewhere else or maybe they'd be there for a few months or a few years and then they'd go somewhere else and what's interesting is that actually in terms of them being hired for like a celebratory purpose or a festival or an event the one time in which they would be employed by women to entertain women was for childbirth. So these women, these troops of dancers and like traveling minstrels would be employed by a family to basically serenade a woman while she was having a baby. And I'm like, you know what? Honestly, not the worst idea. Like, and I kind of think that's probably pretty lucrative. Like what else were they going to do to entertain themselves in ancient Egypt? Like they were 
weren't just gonna, you know, pop on Netflix <laughs> to get through their agonizing 36-hour labor. So yeah, they've got like their women dance troupe coming in and being like, let me entertain you with my acrobatic acumen. So yeah, anyway, I thought that was really interesting. But I also liked that they were not like explicitly meant for entertaining men. Like they definitely had a chance to, to hang out and like entertain the ladies as well. friends, it's me, your host Abby. Thanks for tuning in today. Here are a couple of things before you go. If you're into the weird shit that we do here, consider becoming a listener supporter. You can set up a recurring monthly donation of 99 cents, 4.99, or 9.99. Go to anchor.fm slash that to find out more. You can also show your support in non-monetary ways by following the show on Instagram at letmegoogleBat and on Twitter at letmegglglthat. I mean, somebody took the let me google that handle but anyway visit anchor.fm slash let me google that to stream online or find the show basically anywhere podcasts live so apple podcasts google play google podcast stitcher pocket cast overcast podbean radio public breaker Castbox, TuneIn, and spotify don't forget to favorite and subscribe to let me google that so that you never miss a new episode if you'd like to guest host an episode be sure to check out the links on social to the google form for pitching your idea it's a great way to get started with with podcasting since you have a built-in audience of enthusiastic weirdos to cheer you on. I'll even help you get the episode put together every step of the way, recording, editing, and getting the word out on social. Now, if you aren't quite ready to host a full episode on your own, try using the Anchor app to send in an audio message, which is a very cool way of telling me something. You can share a fun fact, suggest something for my next late night weird Googling session, or just say hello. You can also record a you're listening to bumper for the show if you want, which I love when you do. Speaking of the outro for let me google that was recorded by main musician alex wilder who has an ep that you can buy right now visit pushfarther.com to learn more if you want to know more about me here's the short version <laughs> i'm a researcher and science writer and i just published my first book back in march ask me about my uterus a quest to make doctors believe in women's pain it's available as a real book which you can buy in bookstores or online or get at your local library and it's also available as an ebook even an audiobook which is sadly narrated by me and not Emma Thompson. It's also going to be released as a paperback in March of 2019, which you can pre-order right now. So for more on that and me, head over to www.abbynormanwriter.com and also follow me on social at Abby M. Norman on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. I post fun extras about this show, updates on books, glimpses of life on the mid-coast Maine, lots of pictures of my very cute dog, X-Files memes, science art, weird selfies, and a distressing number of posts lamenting the fact that I did not grow up to be Anne Bancroft. This podcast is made possible by Anchor, with generous support from listeners like you and those weird gummy vitamins I ate this morning.